you dramatic jams and jellies. My name is Emma. And I'm Addie. And welcome back to another episode of That's My Jam, in which we discuss theater instead of jam. In our introductory episode, we mentioned kind of our childhood theater experiences. And in this episode, we thought we'd go more in-depth, give you some magical moments (laughs) from theaters, productions we've been in. Some scary, frightening some moments. frightening moments, yeah. some not so good moments, yeah. and kind of just take a nostalgia trip. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get started. <laughs> Break a leg. We were talking about like what we find magical about theater, I mm-hmm. think, or like moments that we were like, ah, oh, this is why we do this, or this is what I love about being a part of a show. Yes. Um, and I think for me, from our very first production, when we were in the kids' theater, Alice in Wonderland thing, I loved standing in the wings where the audience can't see me, first of all. Because if the audience yes. can see, if you can see the audience, they can see you. But where the audience can't necessarily see me, far enough back that I can still like kind of have a visual. I just liked sitting there, watching from the side, not necessarily what is going on on stage, because I've seen that in rehearsals, Yeah. but how the audience is reacting, like hearing the laughs or like seeing the faces of the people watching. So I just love standing in the wings, um, which is a problem when you're in kids' theater, because if you're not on stage, they like to keep you downstairs. So I was just like... you can't blame them for that. No, you can't. You need to to definitely like shepherd these children into a group, like, and then put them in a... Put them in a room until they need to go upstairs. Yeah. Because um, if you lose track of one, it's like they're not going to find their way on stage when they need to. But yeah, I loved just standing somewhere where I could watch audience reactions, where I can watch the, watch my fellow actors perform. Because things are different every night. Like someone will say a line in a slightly different way or like, you know, someone will like accidentally like leave a prop somewhere else that they need to then go get. And I'm like, how are they going to figure out this problem? Yeah. And so you're just like watching from the sta- backstage like, oh, I hope they figure out a way to do this. And then when they do, you're like, yes. They did it. Or just, like, yeah, like, things are different each night, and I just like watching from the side, which is also, like, beneficial when I was on the tech crew of stuff. I'd be like, this is ideal, because I can also, I can watch from where, and do my job at the same time, whatever I'm doing. And you're, yeah, you're still there, and you're almost, like, half audience, half crew member. Yeah. Half production member at Mm -hmm. that point, which is, I liked it Mm -hmm. that way. I know you're also a big fan of the prop basement. Oh, heck yeah. I am all about the prop basement. Because, again, I credit this to our first theater experience. Uh, My first, sorry, my first. You've been, you've been in a bunch of stuff before. But we were, the local theater we were doing Alice in had this amazing, like, basement that, like, took up, like, it literally was, like, I, I swear it was, like, as big as, like, the whole building. Like, it was, like, you walk into there's one room and then there was an archway leading to another room it was like a three-part basement and it was like the kind of basement that could potentially have been in a horror movie like oh for sure it's very like like it was like warped half dirt half wood floors Mm-hmm. With, like, brick walls. Brick and wood. It was, like, a thing. And then overhang, like, it was, like, overhang pipes and, like, like pipes underfoot. And, like, yeah, it was, like, a industrial thing. Like, there was, like, one wall just, like, full of a pile of lumber and doors, like, things for set building. The next room had, like, wall-to-wall bookshelves full of, like, books that they would use on stage. Mm-hmm. Or, like, and there's, like, a creepy rocking horse and, like, you know, swords over here. And the weapons cabinet. And then, like, the most random... You never know what you're going to find down there. And I loved it. Because they had us... I think one day they just, like, needed to keep us busy while other actors were doing stuff on stage. So they, like, took a group of kids down to the basement. And they were like, we need to find... And they had a list of props we needed to find. And I was like, not only are we in this crazy big basement... We are on a scavenger hunt. Yes. And I was like, we are treasure hunting. I am here for it. I was just gone looking for, like, a list of things and, like, 
bringing stuff back. Like, we already found that. I was like, well, mine is better. <laughs> like, I was like, it's like more accurate or whatever. Like, yeah. I was all about the props. And then I think after, like, maybe after our production, they weren't allowed to take kids out of the basement anymore. <laughs> and I think it was just because it was such, like, a, a creepy big basement mm -hmm. where kids could trip over stuff. But I loved it. And I think I've only been down there once, but it stuck with me. Um, and then later on, when I was a stage manager for a Shakespeare play that Emma was in, I was in charge of finding some props and just pulling whatever I thought we would need. And it was a smaller storage storage space, but it was also just full of the most random things. Like, why did they need this? What was this from? Or like recognizing stuff that we had used in other plays at this place. So yeah, I'm all about the, the props and the yeah, props Yeah, see, I never storage. really had, a, had an affinity <laughs> for props. I don't know. Like, I appreciate them. Yeah. But I think, I think it's because props stress me out yeah. when I'm on stage. And so I was never really a person to get excited about, like, the first rehearsal where you start using your props. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Can't wait to have something else that I need to remember to bring with me. And then where do you put it on stage if you're not holding it mm -hmm. or if you don't have pockets? or And then how do you get it off stage? It's mm -hmm. like this whole other component. And I think... Props always, like, stress me out to the point where it didn't, like, their magicalness didn't make up for how stressful they can become. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? No. But and you're also, I mean, there's also the, the ironclad rule is you do not touch a prop that is not yours. Mm -hmm. So that, I think that might have been why I liked it, because I was like, this is the one chance I will have yes, to touch all of the props. I will touch all of the <laughs> yeah. props. And then I think the first time, so the... Shakespeare, when I was uh, stage manager, that was my second time being stage manager. That was after college. Um, but my first time being stage manager, I was a sophomore in high school, and it was for Mulan Jr., and I was in charge of all the props. So I made the prop table with, like, the big sheet of paper mm -hmm. dividing it up, and I was, like, got to touch the dragon head, and I got to, like, <laughs> touch the swords and, like, and all of the, all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is ideal. <laughs> and then I got to yell at people for touching the props. Or not yell. I didn't like yelling as a stage manager. I just let them know I was disappointed in them and scolded them for doing something wrong. As you should. Um, but yeah. Stage managers, shout out to stage managers. Yes. They have it so hard. They um, do. Which actually brings us to our sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by the underappreciated and virtually invisible tech crew. Without you, there is no magic of theater. So, True. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Yes. I know another big... It was. It started out as being a magical moment for you, but then you <laughs> shared it with me. And then I remember I was kind of sad that you didn't share it with me sooner because I like missed out on a couple nights of it. But for Susical, Yes. In junior year of high school, there is a song in there called... Or senior year, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Oh, it was. Yeah, our senior yeah, year. senior year of high school. Yeah. There's a song in it called Solo Salu. Mm -hmm. And I did not, I wouldn't say I had fun in that show. So, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, a lot of the songs I was not a fan of. So I didn't really pay attention to when I wasn't on stage. But then I would always wonder, like, where Addie is at? And it turns <laughs> out that she was in the wings watching Solo Salu. I was in Solo Salu. Oh, you were in it? Yeah. Oh. I was, I think I was right in front of you because you used to poke me. Okay, see, but I never, I never always got like there right when I had to show up. Yes. And so I never saw the beginning of it. That's true. And it had these like stars. Yeah, like... they hung giant light up stars from the fly system. And then for Solo Salu, they lowered them mm -hmm. as he's, as Horton the Elephant starts singing about. Yes. It's kind of a sad melancholy song, but it's also kind of hopeful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so the stars come down. And I used to like watching the stars come down, and I was standing in line, because we had, so Horton's singing alone on stage, and then 
a line of um, ensemble peeps, which we were for this mm-hmm. show, we'd come out in a line from each side of the stage mm-hmm. and then meet kind of in the middle in like a V and then we'd like sing background and then we'd leave. Um, I don't remember if we held lights as well. I don't think I did. Okay. Maybe a couple people did. But yeah, Emma ended up being right behind me, but Emma would get in place right before we had to walk out. So I never saw like the things getting lowered no. and like... It was such a magical experience. It was. Because also, our, our high school didn't do very many fly system pieces all mm-hmm. that much. We did have a fully functioning fly system, but we wouldn't do... We would have, like, backdrops on them, and they would stay in place for the whole show. Or sometimes we'd use the scrim mm-hmm. um, for, like, light stuff. But, yeah, and that was, like... So it was, like, a big deal. It would, like, come down. And so I was, like, I don't know. It kind of felt, like, a little bit like the vibe of the lantern scene from Tangled. And I yes. Like, yes. And so yes. I was like, and so finally I was like, Emma, it's so magical. And Emma was like, oh my god, you're right. Um, so that was like a nice memory yes. moment. <laughs> that was magical. Yeah, it was good. Because before you would just show up and then you'd like, anytime like I'm backstage <laughs> and Emma's behind me, she will poke me in the back just to remind me that I'm that she's there. <laughs> Which is good. I need to make my presence known. <laughs> I mean, now it could very well be a theater ghost could come up behind me and poke me and I'd just think it's you. And it wouldn't, maybe it's happened before. What do you mean, but Abby? Yeah. I've never poked you. In oh the my life. god! <laughs> but yeah, um, that was a that was a magical one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have another I have another magical fly system story, which was magical for the audience and not so magical for me after the first couple times. <laughs> so um, uh, every year there's an annual like Nutcracker ballet that the City Ballet Studio put on puts on, and we were in high school, and I think this was senior year. Yes, it was. And I was asked if I would do the fly system. And I said, absolutely, because that was one of the things I hadn't yet done. Um, I'd been a stage manager, I'd been acting, and I'd been like a tech crew mover. Um, and then because we were in high school, we did, everyone pitched in on the stage building and the prop painting, or the, sorry, the set painting and the prop building and all that lovely stuff. But I was like, and but, like there was an iron crowd clad rule. It's like no one touches the fly system yeah. unless you've been assigned to. Um, and our drummer teacher has shown you how to operate it mm-hmm. and all that. So I was like, absolutely, I'll do the fly system. <laughs> um, so I got, I went through the brief, you know, training for it. And then I was in charge of making the Christmas tree grow. And I was in charge of because like, I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that specific show too. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas tree is like so magical. Yeah, like, for the audience. Especially. I love it. It was, yeah, there was only one time it got stuck on something, um, and that was a minor panic, but then it was fine. And I think that was even a dress rehearsal, so I don't even count it, really, because that was just me getting used to it. But, yeah, there's other, you know, I would fly in backdrops and stuff like that. Um, But the very magical part was during, there's a snow dance Mm -hmm. where they're all dancing, and then they have this, can't remember, it's just a bag attached to the fly system, and it has slits in one side of it, so you raise one end of it so it won't, drop anything and then when it's time for it to drop you make the the bag even so that the slits are on the bottom and you move your you're holding onto the fly system and you're moving the ropes slowly up and down kind of like a like a pumping motion i guess Mm -hmm. because that shakes the bag and then the snow the fake snow you've put inside of it will then like slough through the slits and then it snows on stage so that looks amazing from the audience and it looks amazing from what i could see from where i was you know (laughs) pumping up and down on the ropes but it is like a nine minute song and so I'm pumping the snow for like nine <laughs> minutes and like I got a workout let me tell you like my arms hurt afterward because it's not a heavy like I mean it is weights on the rope and there's weight from the bag mm-hmm. but 
it is a constant motion. It's a workout. And yeah. I was, yeah. And I, I had to wear gloves because the ropes we had had little splinters in them. So I had these like black gloves. I looked like a burglar in the whole black. And I was like, and pumping my arms up and down. But that was still like, I, I am really glad I had that experience because. Um, That's pretty epic. I mean, the snowfall. Yes. <laughs> that was fun. How many people can say that? Right? Yeah. Was there any like other magical moments that, that you've got? See, I feel like one of mine is combined in with what we're going to talk about later. Oh. Okay. It's not specific. Um, I do have a non-magical moment, though. Oh. Um, <laughs> I The only time I've ever thought that I saw something spooky was in, in theater, because theaters can be creepy. They can be. And we have... I don't remember other places doing it, but I'm sure our high school did it. The ghost light. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our high school, and then I'm sure our community theater did too, but we were little and we got picked up before. Yeah, like, before. Because that's like the last thing you do. Before the ghost light happened. But the ghost light, and then the our college theater did it as well, and that's the, I think that's when I had like experience with like putting it out. But the whole purpose of the ghost light is like you leave it on overnight when all the other lights are off, and the theater's like locked and stuff to keep the theater lit. And I always thought that was like really fascinating. Yeah. But I think it was the first... Well, I have two experiences. The first one was the first show I ever did um, where I was seaweed number seven in (laughs) The Little Mermaid. And I was like a dance person. I think I was something other than seaweed. Maybe not. But like we had like weird dances of seaweed and whatever. And um, so I was like seven and we went up because you have the downstairs magical prop area. And then you have the upstairs creepy costume shop. Costume shops are amazing. And (laughs) it, uh, I was in there and I don't, I think I was looking for something and I was like the last one to find it. And so I was, I ended up alone in there and there's like this weird, there's like one of those, not a mannequin, but like the, oh, like the dressmakers, like the torso that you can like pin stuff to. And it was on like a pole thing Mm -hmm. and it spun around and then I looked behind it and I swear there was this, like, hole in the wall, and I swear I saw, like, a red eye looking oh at my. me through the hole in the wall. Oh, my God. And I God. got so scared. And Jesus. I, like, ran away. <laughs> and then the second time was at that same theater, but it was when the theater had an adjacent black box. And I was in James and Giant Peach. And I was, like, 10, maybe? And so I was, like, you know, I'm past this. Like, <laughs> I don't think I ever went up into the costume shop again, though. But um, I was in the black box, and the black box was kind of spooky because it was, like, it used to be something else, mm-hmm. that building. And so it had, like, a creepy, long, like, multiple-stall bathroom that looked like it's for, like, a restaurant thing or something like that. And somehow, again, I ended up alone in this, like, creepy <laughs> multiple-stall bathroom. And I think the lights were sensor ones, and I, like, couldn't get them to turn on. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to pee in the dark then. <laughs> and then they came on, and then they went off again. Oh. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm just going to get out of here as fast as I can. And then I heard, like, a di- another stall door next to me, like, open and close. And I was like, that's weird, because I didn't hear anybody, like, come in here. Yeah. So then I, like, get out, but I'm like, maybe that's why the light turned on. It's because someone else came in. And so I get out, and I, like, looked under to see someone's feet. There's no one there. Hmm. And then I was washing my hands, and I heard the stall thing again. And then I heard someone, like, like this creepy groan, moan noise. Mm. And I ran out without washing my hands. So I was like, I'm not going to sacrifice <laughs> my life to get clean hands at this exact moment in time. Not at this juncture. <laughs> yeah, it was not worth it. Oh, my God. Uh, so that was creepy, too. Yeah. So those are my two creepy moments. Mm. Not magical. But also both theater-related, which is interesting. Mm. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Not saying I believe in that kind of thing, but it I was mean, there's a reason. Spooky. There's a reason that the Phantom of the Opera exists as a musical because yes, absolutely. Some there's a ghost or a person who could live in a theater and or haunt a theater. Absolutely, and especially larger ones like that. Yeah, and like there's ne- there's always places that are gonna be and like there's rooms that are never gonna have someone in it. Yeah, at every single point of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could totally like the Phantom. It's like you could yeah. have someone living up in here and Somewhere. you never know. Because there's also like the catwalk. The that catwalk. No one uses. So except like our some... high school drama teacher used it, so he could tell us what we were doing wrong from an <laughs> aerial view. <laughs> I think that was only for like one show, though. It was great. Um, it was yeah, that was fantastic. And that was because we were also using a specific like spotlight, so we had to go adjust yeah. it. And he's like, "I'll just stay up here." And we're like, "Okay." <laughs> that was amazing. What a time. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So we've talked a lot about our young theater adventures. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time to briefly discuss our middle school years. <laughs> In theater. Yeah. So the first show we did of note around the weird tween years (laughs) was, again, one of those, like, summer college for kids theater things. Yeah. And it was The Lady Pirates of Captain Bree. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think I realized that I got, I was, like, gone on the day (laughs) that they (laughs) had auditions. So I was not cast as a pirate, which is the reason I wanted to do it. Yeah. So I was a member of the Navy. And she was, I had, Com- she was Commodore Norrington, basically. I <laughs> wish. And so I had a very, like, really boring time in that show. And you got to sing Ship Shape in Bristol fashion and dance with a mop. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was a good time. That was a very cool choreographed Whoa. number. That was probably the most choreographed number. What a flashback. Or, yeah. I don't know how you remember that. But uh, <laughs> maybe because I don't remember that because I was hit in the head with a frying pan. Yeah. We had a sword fight. And I'm guessing he was playing, like, the chef or something. Yeah, he was the chef on the pirate ship. Obviously, because yeah. he was fighting you. Yeah. And so I had, like, some weird sword thing. Yeah. And and they were driving the Navy off the ship. And we used to have, like, you know, it was pretty chill, like, fight choreography. Because it was a bunch of, like, kids. Yeah. But we would do it and we had, like, certain, you know, like, marks. This is... Like, there's, like, six common, like, sword yeah. fighting, like, attack and block. Move one, move two, yeah. parry one, parry two. Yeah. And so we had something like that, but it were in rehearsal what well, was this was all in rehearsals but i always felt like i was actually like defending myself mm-hmm. that it wasn't just like this stage thing it's like i'm gonna you know meet you halfway between the two of us it was more like i need to block you or else i'm gonna get hit and so one of the times i think i was doing it and then i felt like it kept coming closer to me and i was like i don't want to deal with this anymore and so i think i like gave up the fight and started walking off stage mm-hmm. already like i give up like yeah. you can uh you can have your shit yeah, because you were supposed to leave. They were supposed to stagger it. Yeah. So you were just leaving. And so I was just leaving, and then I got hit in the back of the head with a frying pan. A cast iron frying pan. A cast iron frying pan. And it hurt so bad. And I don't think I told anybody, like, when it happened. Because I think, I mean, it was just the first time, and you assumed it was an accident. Yeah. I'm sure I mean, it was, was an accident. Yeah. But- and there's, like, maybe I should have iced it. I don't know. But I remember thinking, I was like, there's nothing I can really do about it. But it hurt. <laughs> so that's really the only memory. I have and then, well, then, like, it happened again. 
It happened twice? Oh, at least twice. Because I think eventually they did have to have a talk with your scene partner oh. about, like, you need to slow it down and not actually hit people mm. with actual frying pans. And I remember, because I think, okay, so my role, I wasn't, I was, I was an old pirate narrator. That was literally my character title. So I opened the show with, like, an accordion song, and then I ended the show with an accordion song. I might have done something at intermission, too. Who knows? So I wasn't in any of the ensemble stuff, so I spent most of my time they let me sit out in the house and like watch which I was perfectly fine with. I was mm-hmm. very happy with this because I got to like see from the wings like I, I like to do. Yeah. Um, and I think at one point they might have given me like a script so I could call, like I could, if anyone called line, I could help with that. Nice. Which again was setting me up to be a stage manager in the future. But um, yeah, and so I remember after you told me the first time I was watching after that to make mm. sure that he didn't hit you and then he did and I was like, okay. And then I think we eventually had to tell a counselor to have them talk to him and then it didn't happen but every time after I watched, I was like, is he doing Yeah, it? and every time after I was always scared it was going to happen again. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so that was stressful. Freaking... And he was taller than you. I mean, Emma's tall but he was very, he was taller than Emma and yeah. bigger. Yeah. So. He, yeah, he was a lot older than me too. Mm-hmm. So that was... The Lady Pirates. That's the Lady Pirates of Walking Brie, folks. <laughs> um, which was a fun... That was a fun show, though, in general. Like, Plus, you had creepy pirate teeth. Which I, I did. Was of. And I had to... Yeah, I had creepy pirate teeth. They painted stuff on my teeth to make them look gross. And I got to wear these high-heeled boots, which I'd never actually worn high heels before. I was a little bit worried about it, but I practiced, and I was okay. Um, I got to steer the ship's wheel at the beginning and at the end. And then they built a whole ship for the set, too. Like, that was impressive as heck. I was very stunned when we saw the set. That was probably mm-hmm. the biggest set we'd ever been on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I had I got to pl- fake play an accordion. So I was I was excited. My only regret is that I didn't go piratey enough. Yeah. I was a little bit self-conscious because I was like, what? I don't know how old we were. 12, 11. I should have been, been more piratey than I was. But I did get a chance to make up for that later, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, so that was that one. Um, and then for our actual middle school drama club, we were in a play called Till Death Do Us Part. And it was like a murder mystery at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And you were the bride. What was your character's name? I have absolutely no idea. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Emma was getting married and you were like a hippie bride, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was like part of the conflict was that you had some strange ideas about the <laughs> wedding. Um, and I was the grandmother yes. of the groom mm-hmm. and I decided to be British and I had a big I borrowed a sun hat from my grandma and this like well Emma calls it my Laura Ingalls dress because it's like white with like big sleeves and like blue flowers and it's got like a it looks like an old lady Laura Ingalls dress <laughs> um, that's why I call it that yeah and I had like this like yeah so I had a big sun hat and then I spoke with a and I think I had elbow length gloves and I spoke with a British accent or tried to it was very exaggerated but I was also spoiler alert the murderer. I had a gun in my handbag the whole time. (laughs) And I managed to keep that secret from my parents and everyone in my family, except for my younger brother who had to go to rehearsals with us sometimes because like we he was in middle school too, so we would like walk home together and we couldn't walk home he couldn't walk home alone, so he'd have to wait until our rehearsal was out. But I hid it from everyone and so when my parents and my family came to see the play, they had no idea it was the murderer until I whipped out the handbag. I mean the hang the handgun from the handbag on stage and there was like audible gasps and I was like <laughs> I've done it. I yes. fooled them all. That was great. Yeah, I and then we did that. We performed that one in the cafeteria, I think, because we couldn't get the stage at the elementary school. Because our middle school didn't have a stage, the elementary school nearby did, mm-hmm. and we used to use that one. But for some reason, we couldn't, so we ended up in the cafeteria slash gym slash where you had school dances. Yeah. <laughs> and then also in 
middle school, we were going to do pom-pom zombies. And I think we got cast as, were you, you were a cheerleader, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emma was a cheerleader. I got cast as a nerd whose name was Weenie. And that was kind of a big deal because it was like, it was the main character. So I had like mm-hmm. singing solos and I was like a little bit nervous about it. Um, but we had all the dance numbers. It was the only musical we were ever going to do in middle school. Yeah. And it was, it got canceled because we had a teacher strike going on. So our drama teacher couldn't stay after school because solidarity with the teachers. They were just doing their contract hours, I think is what it was. And um, we put so much rehearsal time into yeah. that. Yeah. It was a bummer. I was pretty excited for it, too. I was, like, too. The music was fun. It mm-hmm. had, like, just a fun, like, Halloween kind of vibe. Yeah. I was super happy for you because you got, like, a huge part. Yeah, I was, I was like, excited. oh, my God. <laughs> I think I still have the CD somewhere with our music <laughs> oh, on it. Like, the, the, the recorded yeah. music we're supposed to practice with. Um, and I still remember a lot of the songs, like, the School's Out mm-hmm. song, um, Radiation, which wasn't actually sung by either of us, but we just loved it so much, mm-hmm. the song Radiation. It was really funny. Yeah. It was a sad time. But, but then... Then yeah. we went to high school, and mm-hmm. our freaking high school theater department was awesome. It was dope. <laughs> um, and I think the most fun I had in a show in high school was definitely Alice in Wonderland. We got to do Alice in Wonderland again. And we, he had had before Christmas break, right? Our mm-hmm. director had auditions for Alice. Yes. Which I did not bother auditioning for. They had a height requirement. Yeah, they had a height requirement. It was like right. under 5'5 five, five or something because they wanted someone who looked Which is valid. Everyone. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't audition for that, mm-hmm. but I was pretty sure that you were going to get it. And <laughs> it turns out she got it I and did. I was so happy. Oh, I was, I was like, excited. oh my god, my best friend is Alice. <laughs> I was so excited. It was nerve-wracking because, like, because our high school combined with another high school to do most of our shows. So it was two high schools, and I had no idea who had auditioned at the other one. Mm-hmm. I only knew of, like, three people auditioning at ours. I was, I, like, memorized two monologues or something for it and mm-hmm. then did a cold reading. And then we waited, like, I think it was a couple days before they announced it. And, oh, I was told, I remember this because I immediately failed at what he said, but um, yes. we were at the winter party before winter break. It was a drama party, and I got called into the the office real quick, and he said, I just want to let you know before winter break starts, you're Alice, I'm going to give you the script so you can study for it and have most of your lines memorized. Because I had, I think we did count because everyone kept asking me how many lines I had. I think I had 372 lines or something. You had a lot. Like, and that, I mean, that's counting, like, the times I spoke. Because, like, some of those lines were, like, paragraphs long. So I was like, I had a lot to memorize. Because Alice is in every scene. Like, that's the whole show. She's wandering through, wandering through Wonderland. So he, like, told me that. And he was like, don't say anything because we haven't let anyone know yet. I was like, okay, I won't. But I was at this drama party with Emma. Plus, it was really suspicious because I was like, why else would our theater director be asking Alice? by yeah. herself to come into his office. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we didn't bring cups. Go run and get some cups for the party. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, was, what else would he be talking to you about? Yeah. So I come out. I try really hard to have a straight face. I don't know how well that worked out with the poker face. But I go back to where I was before. I was with Emma. And I think I was, like, you know, eating food. And Emma was like, what's going on? I was like, nothing. And then I think I would distinctly remember you going, without moving your lips, you said, are you Alice? And I went, yes, without <laughs> moving my lips at all. Because he was also, like, came out of his office and was like, what are you guys talking yeah. about? Uh, and I'm, I'm sure he knew I'm that sure you were going to tell me. 
But I mean, you were sitting right there, and you just saw me walk over there. Like no one else had noticed. Yeah. But, so yeah, I immediately told Emma when he said, "Yes." Don't tell me and then in spring, <laughs> when after Christmas break, we had auditions for everybody else. Yes. And I really wanted to be the White Queen, and because it was a very like based off of the book. Yes. Like very much so. Play. And so I like over that break, I had reread Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Like I was prepped and ready to go. Yes. I had. I think we had to do a monologue for that. Yeah. Too. Everyone had to prepare a monologue yeah. and then more cold reading. So I did some monologue that I spent like all of winter break like mm-hmm. prepping and like blocking for myself and all this stuff and that was like one of the few times where I like specifically wanted a specific part and I got it. Yes. That rarely happens to me. <laughs> so I remember I was like so surprised. But there was really nothing else that I was like I don't see myself getting cast as anything else either. Mm. Like I wanted that role but I also was like this is my role. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not this I don't know I don't know what I would get cast as alternatively. Mm. And turns out I was correct. And I was so excited because the White Queen also doubled as Alice's older sister. Heck yeah. So I got to start off the show with Addie, mm-hmm. reading to her. From a very boring from history book. From a very boring <laughs> history book, which they wouldn't let me put the words of my monologue, of me reading it, in the book. So I had to look at the book, look at wrong words, and then say this monologue that was really boring that Alice didn't even pay attention to. No. Um, which is like some history... Of England thing. I, I helped you practice for it, though. We would run lines together, and I do remember the line, Sir William the Conqueror, whose fate was favored by the Pope. Mm-hmm. That was, like, a line in it. And yeah. then it was, like, about Sir William the... Is it Sir William? Just William the Conqueror. William the Conqueror. So, <laughs> I don't remember it that well, apparently. But, yeah, like, it was about William the Conqueror, and I don't remember the rest. Because I, I was not paying attention. I was playing with Dinah the cat. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that was really fun. And then I got to be the White Queen, and I had a huge white chest piece yes. thing on my head that was That's super top-heavy. And it was really fun. But we also got to make props. Yes. And we made an epic house of cards Mm -hmm. with hot glue and a deck of cards. And it was glorious. It was very, very good. This is also when we found out that I cannot be trusted with hot glue guns. Yes. Because I had blisters all over my hands. Yeah, she burns herself like every 10 seconds. And I don't think I've ever burned myself in a (laughs) gun. So I really don't know how she does it. I mean, because there was a, at one point, it was like I was reaching across the table for something and I, like, my knuckle brushed against the hot tip of a hot glue Mm -hmm. gun. And I was like, I wasn't even holding it this time. And then there, I think the other time it was, I would just be, I would squeeze the cards together and the hot glue would come out and then I would just get it on my hands that way. Yeah. And then I would just be like making like crab pinchers trying to get like, make my hands cool down. But yeah, hot glue guns are dangerous. I also got to be background, a couple background people, most notably the rose bush, (laughs) where I had this just like amazing thing I carried in front of me that was almost like a shield that was like a bunch of flat 2D like roses. Yeah. Rose bush thing. And it was so fun because that scene was like me, a card soldier, right? Getting in trouble for painting me. Two, yeah, two, two or three card soldiers for painting you. The red, or sorry, the Queen of Hearts and me, who, and she had just seen that you'd been painted. Yeah, and so I had, like, this, like, scared look on my face, like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like, yeah. <laughs> I and didn't then, do anything, but also, what have I done? Because they, they needed, they, they were arresting the card soldiers who had painted you, mm-hmm. and then our director realized that, like, you would just be on stage, like, you needed a way to get you off stage, so he's like, you know what, we're just gonna arrest the rose bush. And yes. then, and, like, they had, they dragged you off, too, and then someone jokingly... I don't remember even who. We were all just laughing at the fact that the rose bush was going to get dragged off. And someone was like, but she's just a rose bush. And then our director was like, that's a line. Yes. And so then you got to yell, but I'm just a rose bush <laughs> as you got dragged off, which was which was amazing. Yes. Um, and you also got to be um, in the caterpillar scene 
as the person who holds the caterpillar's hookah. Yes. That was fun. We I got made, to make the hookah. We made the hook. We made all of the props out of foam this mm-hmm. time around, um, except for the card house and a couple other things that you can't really make from foam. But yeah, we we got to make the the hookah from the. That foam. was fun too. Yeah, and I had a scepter and a crown made of foam, which I think mm-hmm. I still have the scepter actually. It's in my costume box. Nice. But I got rid of the crown because it was it was pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was, that was fun. That was a good show. And then and you got to injure yourself. I did get to injure myself. It was your turn. Yes, that, so before intermission is when Alice falls down the rabbit hole. Because that's the way our script was. The first part was like, it wasn't, it was the red and white queen. And then after intermission, it was like the queen of hearts and the card soldier stuff. So at the banquet with the red queen and the white queen, you guys were in your thrones, right? Mm -hmm. Or you just left and I was backing up and we had 18 inch platforms that we were on and I was supposed to then fall off onto the mats they'd place back there and then after intermission intermission would start with like a video of me like falling down the rabbit hole which we had to film um, separately and then we would just then start with me in Wonderland I would somersault on stage from stage right but we had run it a couple times with the mat and then I don't think we were doing the show in order that day Um, we had done certain scenes or something so people got confused and they thought being helpful that they would put away the mats that we didn't need. And then I did not check for the mats because... Because why would you? Why? Well, why would I? But also, I like I didn't want to make it obvious that I, the actress, knew that I, the character, right. was about to fall. So I was trying for authentic- authenticity. <laughs> but what happened, actually, was that I just straight up like fell backwards like <laughs> Javert in <laughs> Les Mis. Like, you know, standing on the balcony or on the by the river. He just falls backwards. That's basically what happened to me, only I fell down to a hard stage floor. And I think it was more, like, I wasn't, because they had taught me how to fall. Like, I was supposed to fall, like, backwards, but kind of turned. So, like, the well-padded side of you is what hits the floor. Not any bones right. or, like, your not your tailbone, not your hip bone. You know, like, kind of, like, part leg, part Yeah, kind behind. of, like, on your, like, your legs are on the side. But yeah. But you're, you're, like, twisted in a weird way. Yeah, you're twisted yeah. a little bit. So I did land right. I think I might have, like, banged my elbow a little bit, but... The part that was supposed to hit first did hit first, and so it didn't actually hurt all that bad. But the wind was definitely knocked out of me, and it was the shock of like, yeah, because you don't expect, yeah, like, you don't expect it's, to like, hit the a, it's like a missing step or something. Yeah, only yeah, it was yeah, it was like falling like felt like surprise more than a like, foot. Why isn't yeah this mat here? And then it was also a little bit of embarrassment just that literally everyone in the cast, as they were getting ready to do the next act, is standing in the wings and just seeing me like. Because I was there, though. You were, you were... I was, I don't know why, but I was, I remember where I got to you, like, way before everybody else did. Mm -hmm. And then, like, everyone swarmed around you. And I was like, oh my god, get away from her. (laughs) She's my friend. (laughs) I ended up, I do, I was like, and then I think the... One of our directors was up in the booth doing the lighting and stuff. And, was, like, at first, because they heard the sound. Like, it was not a sound, like, that they should have heard. They heard me hit the stage yeah. instead of the mat. And she was like, wait, what just happened? And then everyone was like, yeah. They, <laughs> like, she fell without the mats. And so she had to come running, like, come running down. And I was like, I'm fine, because I was fine. I think I had, like, a bruise on my hip. And then, like, I slightly scuffed my elbow and that was it but I was like trying really hard not to cry and kind of failing and like not able to quite catch my breath and so I ended up going into like the dance room uh to the bathroom and just like splashing water rubbing my eyes yeah like I love to cry out of embarrassment yeah and so (laughs) I like totally relate to that and like I hate I hate crying in front of people and like I also was embarrassed that I was crying when I wasn't actually all that hurt but I was shaking up and so I went and like collected myself came back 
I got ready to do the next part, uh, which was me somersaulting onto the stage, having just fallen down the rabbit hole. And that's when you came over and you were like, so you good? And I was like, yeah. And then you like gave me a quick hug and you were like, okay, we're all good. I was like, yeah, we're good. But unfortunately, they were getting ready for the next act and that's when they started lowering the scrim and I was sitting right where the scrim was coming down. So I didn't get hit by the scrim, but I almost did because it was coming down and they were like, wait, halt, people are in the way. And I was like, oh, it's me, I'm sorry. And then like me and you had to move, but I was like, yeah. And then people were like, oh my God, we're gonna kill her today. Like she yeah. fell onto the stage and now she almost got That's almost like, two strikes right there. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I was fine, and we we went we went on with it. But it is a story that will continue to stand out yes. amongst the because I think that might be the only time I've got injured during a play, aside from when I had my wisdom teeth taken out, and then I was in rehearsals with wisdom teeth during a sword fight. Scene. Yeah, I've never gotten seriously injured, but yeah, I have. Aside from hurt myself. Concussed. Well, yeah, that. Yeah. But like since then, mm-hmm. I've just like really badly bruised my arms or legs or something. Yeah. But uh, not there like was, a medical issue. <laughs> there was like I think it was I don't remember what role or what play but I do remember you got like it was like kind of stage combat you got hit by someone and you fell to your knees and you had bruises on your knees was that in yeah that might have been in what was that um what was the one we did Temptation. Oh, I have another story related to that when we get to there yeah but yes this is Um, still high school (laughs) this is still high school um the next one of note, I would argue, is Godspell, which was a very interesting time. I obviously wanted to do it because it was the last show that we did that oh, yeah. year. And so I was like, well, all my friends are doing it, but I actually wasn't like interested in being in it <laughs> specifically. But I did have a very interesting... It was my first experience of being neglectful of what was in my pockets, because I feel like that was like a big common thing in high school was mm. everyone always had their phone on stage. Yeah. Like by accident. I'm like, it wasn't by accident. You were just on it backstage. And yeah. then you're like, I guess I better go on stage now. <laughs> and so that was always like a thing. It's like, mm. don't you dare have your phone on stage. And I don't know why. Part of the reason I will argue my case is we were wearing our own clothes in the show. Yes, we were. And so I was wearing my own jeans. And so I think... I must have had it in my pocket from when I got there and I just never took it out. But I realized I was on stage and I could feel the phone in my back pocket. And I was like, I do not want to get yelled at right now because (laughs) I don't know, like we were seniors, like people Mm -hmm. knew that we were like friends and I don't know, it was just like this weird, like I need to set a good example. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we were paired up with a a different high school that we hadn't worked with before. Right. And so there was like this weird, I don't know you people, like (laughs) I don't want them to be like, that's the girl who took her phone on stage. And so I remember I just had like this silent like panicking of like, I can't turn around or else they'll (laughs) see that I have my phone. And so I did a weird like side, like a gentle scooch um, into the wings and then literally just like slid my phone on the ground like (laughs) as far away from me as it could get. And then I like scooted back on stage. It's like, you saw nothing. And I don't know if anyone saw anything, but I, I was so scared. And I was scared. I was like, is it on silent? Like, what if someone's yeah. going to call me? Oh my God, the possibilities. Was it during rehearsal or during a show? I think it was during like a dress rehearsal oh, okay. because I remember we were in costume and there was like lights and everything going, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was an actual show show. But still, the pressure was there. But the best part of the show for me was we had this weird like pre-show. Yeah. So like if you were coming into the house, you could watch a silent action happening on stage. Yeah, because it, start- it was like a park. Yeah, right? it was unscripted. Yeah. We just improv it every day, but we had patterns. And so um, that was like my favorite thing because yeah. it was like mime, basically. Yeah. And Well, no, we had props, but anyway, yeah. there was no lines, there was no dialogue. Mm-hmm. And we started off like asleep, or at least I was asleep, and 
I guess that counts as a magical moment. I should have put that. <laughs> it was a magical moment because it was just this weird feeling of like, I'm like not doing anything on stage right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything. I don't think my face was even towards the audience, but it was like, I felt so relaxed, but I was like, I'm literally pretending to sleep in front of a, a bunch of strangers. Yeah. And it was so weird. But it's so freeing not to have any lines. <laughs> like, it is unreal to not have to stress about dialogue and just, like, do things. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Yeah. And it always went by so fast. Yes. <laughs> I was like, dang it, now it we like, have to do the actual show, I guess. I think it was a 30-minute thing. So we had to fill space for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I do remember I was... Because I think everyone kind of had, like, you know, this. these two people got to be, like, they were des- designated as, like, strolling through the park. On like on a date mm-hmm. or like you know there were a policeman walking through or something and me you and then two of our friends got to be homeless people in the park and so we started like I, I remember lying on a bench with a newspaper over me mm-hmm. um that was fun and then we went through the trash can at one point and so I put a frisbee in there before the the play started so we could like we weren't allowed to throw the frisbee <laughs> like into the audience or yeah. anything but we did, like, toss the frisbee back and forth between us. Yeah, I think we were, like, assigned those roles, too. Cause yeah. That, it was part of the whole, like, I mean, God spells. Like, it applies to all walks of life. The parables or whatever. Yeah. I was actually really surprised we, had, we got to do that show at a public school. Same. <laughs> um, Not it, a yeah. huge fan of that musical, well, per se. Because I think, or initially, they almost didn't let us because they thought it would be too, I guess, blasphemous. But we did the junior version, which is actually, I think pretty seemed very religious to me yes it seemed very like <laughs> yeah propaganda-ish well yeah and so like because we did we did act out the parables and stuff we had to like behind the scenes improv to then come up with how we were going to do the parables on stage for the audience so that yeah it was like a whole thing yeah but that yeah. i think the, the only really big takeaway i had from that show was the the magic of not having lines mm-hmm I feel like you always want lines and then I didn't have any <laughs> and I was like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> it's a lot of fun because you get to yeah. act with everything else yeah so after Godspell, we also had a it show. It was before. It was before Godspell. Yeah. Okay. Before Godspell, we had a show called All in the Timing, which was kind of, it was definitely more complicated than yes. you would think for a high school production. That was basically a bunch of, short, was it like 10 minute? Yeah. Well. Like, no, it was longer. They were like 15. Yeah, like short, short collection of plays mm-hmm. to group together yeah that all had quite a bit to do with timing <laughs> yes um like there was one which was really cool it was like two people on a first date and whenever the guy or the girl said something wrong um they'd ring a bell and then they'd have to redo part of the conversation and then ring a bell and then eventually the scene progresses but they're redoing parts of it over and over which was really fun yes that was really um, funny that was a good one and then then for our production we also had bits of waiting for godot in between the scenes that were in the play so it was like all in the timing plus part of waiting for godot mm-hmm. um and emma got to be in waiting for godot yeah i don't remember who i was I thought it was Estragon or the other one. Vladimir? Yeah. I think you were Vladimir. Yeah. That but. sounds right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was that was tough because uh, Waiting for Godot makes no sense. Mm-hmm. The dialogue doesn't have any meaning, really. Mm-hmm. And so trying to memorize dialogue that has no meaning. <laughs> and, like, you can't build off of what the previous person said. Mm-hmm. And only having two people, like, two people scenes yeah. like, is more, I don't know. It's harder, I think, because... Mm-hmm. 
you're carrying 50% of it. Yeah. And so it it got really hard because we have weird dialogue that was like, I mean, none of it made sense. And so, <laughs> and then it was harder because we had, we came in several times. And so we'd have like this chunk of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then 30 minutes later, we'd have this chunk of dialogue. And I, I could never remember which chunk of dialogue, what order those chunks went in because mm-hmm. it didn't matter. You could have done them out of order. Yeah. And so it's like, what, you know, when we're on the left side of the black box, mm-hmm. what's the first line of this chunk of dialogue? <laughs> and it was so scary. And I think that's the only time I really, like, I had my script with me mm-hmm. the entire show. I would be backstage with my script mm-hmm. so that I could know what the first line of this chunk was. Because otherwise, it, it was so hard. Yeah. I'm like, how do people do entire, how do they do Waiting for Godot? Yeah. And I remember you saying, because, like, all in the timing was, like, most of it was, like, quick timing. It was mm-hmm. fast-paced. And Waiting for Godot, the timing is pauses like that's the biggest thing and I remember you telling me at one point you would forget what your scene partner had just said because you were waiting because we would always our director would always be like you know I know it's uncomfortable to have silence but that's what this that's what this is Mm -hmm. and so we'd have he'd tell us to like count to 45 seconds and so my scene partner would say something and 45 seconds would go by and I'm the one who was saying the next line so I'm the one responsible for counting yeah and so I'd be counting and then 45 seconds later, which when people are staring at you and it's dead silent seems like so long, Mm -hmm. I would forget what they said. (laughs) And not that that necessarily helped me because the line cues, when they don't make any logical sense, it doesn't really cue you for anything anyway. Right. And then I would forget what my line was and it was (laughs) so scary. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever actually had any problems. No, you were fine. But it was definitely like, Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't prepare enough for it and... I hate having to have my script during the show. Yeah. Not during, but backstage. Yeah. During the actual runs of the show. But I was like, I can't remember what things start where. And it yeah. was it was a time, oh. but And you had some fun entrances. Like you would come in from the back, you'd come in from behind the scenes, you'd come in from the left or the right. And it, yeah. that was like I think the audience liked that almost as much as like the weird stuff you guys said and yes. the weird way you'd say it. Because like it would be like all There's of a something sudden, about a charnel house. Yes, you I did have something that. about a charnel house. But um <laughs> and we got to be dressed in like like androgynous like yes. suits and like fancy top hats. <laughs> black and white. That was really fun. But I do have a weird memory. We had parts of the front rows of this black box blocked off where people weren't supposed to sit. And I was coming in in the dark. I think it was like the the top of the show. And we were supposed to be like, we sneak in and then we like start talking. It's like we're part of the audience kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was so dark and I came in and I was like, you know, you can't really feel around because I don't want to like touch people. Mm-hmm. And so I like find my chair and I'm like this is my chair and I go to sit down and I almost sit in someone's lap because (laughs) someone sat in the seat that they weren't supposed to sit in and I was like oh my god it was so awkward um and I was like this has to be like high school theater I'm like this is someone's parent yeah who is watching them in the show yeah so I'm like weirdly connected to them somehow you know it's like I've, I've had many rehearsals someone, with your son someone will be telling their kid yes uh, your friend that, that one girl uh, tried to sit in my lap <laughs> and so that was horrifying yeah. and so I remember I like I felt their knees <laughs> and I was like I immediately was like 
I'm just gonna have to like stand yeah. in the middle of the stage. Yeah. And hopefully our director will understand because <laughs> my seat is taken and yeah. I don't know what else to do. Um, but it was. Yeah. I remember when they were fine. I remember when you came out afterward. Like you came out and you just kind of stood there with your eyes closed for a second. I was like, "What's up?" And you're like, "I almost sat on someone." I was like, and "Oh my god!" I think the seat next to that person mm-hmm. was empty, and so I think my scene partner sat in that yeah. seat. Yeah. And then the lights went up, and I remember they looked so concerned, like why, like at first they. They saw me over there mm-hmm. and I think they're like oh my god like you forgot to sit down yeah. and then realized that this right person <laughs> well, someone sitting next to them that's not you <laughs> that's not me so anyway um that was fun yeah but that was a fun show it was it, it was. was cool to have like for rehearsals obviously like we had a lot of rehearsals just within our own scenes yes and so I remember the first couple rehearsals it was just so much fun to like see everyone's scenes yeah like, in in order mm-hmm. and everything and we'd never gotten to before yeah. So that was like, it, we were again, we were like half, more than half audience at that yeah. time. Yeah. So that was a really, that was a fun time. Yeah. And I, it was probably one of my favorite roles that I've had was being in that one. Because um, you don't have that many funny, you haven't done that much like funny, like a lot of your lines were so like, it was all in the timing. <laughs> but like, like your scene had so much timing in it. Yes. And it was very impressive. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, again, it was a lot of these scenes were small small groups of people. It was like two or three, uh, sometimes four people to a scene. But I was in a scene that was largely with just me and one other actor. And then someone came in at the end for like to help with the clothing line kind of thing. Um, well, she did a great job. She was always there. We could always rely on her. And uh, same with my scene partner. I could always uh, rely on him to know his lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew, knew mine and all that. But ours wasn't technically, it was not in English. <laughs> um, it was, because I was in the one You call literally in. had the opposite problem of yeah. me. Where it's like... <laughs> My lines were in English, but made no sense. Yeah. And then yours weren't, but you mm-hmm. could make sense of them. Yeah, because, like, I mean, all in the timing, it is all about the timing, but it's also a lot of it is very linguistically mm-hmm. challenging. Um, so the, I was in the one called The Universal Language, and I played a character named Don, and then my scene partner played a, a guy named Don. So the two Dons were in that. <laughs> I was a woman with a stutter who was coming to him because I saw an ad in the newspaper that he teaches a universal language that will help you communicate better with people. And so I began talking in English, like looking, like coming into the classroom and asking like, you know, is anyone there? And then he comes in boisterously. And because I was like a shy, timid woman with a stutter and he was a very boisterous dude who was teaching this language. Um, but he would only speak in that language so all of his lines were not in English. They were in mm-hmm. this made-up language. And it was all about how it sounded. And um, you could guess... Like, the audience gradually begins to be able to understand it, even though it's not in English. So, like, the first thing he says to me is, Bell Jar Froiling Harvard U. And you you know to translate it as, Bonjour, Froiling, how are you? Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, it's, Hello, lady, how are you? And so you kind of have to put it through, like, a couple things. And there was, like, um, Du parla John Cleese, which is, Do you understand English? Because <laughs> John Cleese is how you say English. And so it was, like, a, like yeah. Don't forget so about, were, like, what was it? Das Geld for Mika? Yes. Is that, like... Uh, That's good for me? Yeah, is that good for you? Yeah. Is that good for you? Um, loves me, get me geld from the hamburger. It's let me get me my money from the purse. Like, <laughs> it was like a whole thing. Um, it was great. Yeah, and so it was like a lot of fun. To, it was initially hard to memorize and mm-hmm. then a lot of fun to perform. And the audience, like, like, cause I mean, I'm learning it, so they kind of get to learn it along with me. And yeah. then it's like, plus, like, there was a lot of fun, like, comedic timing with, like, mm-hmm. your scene partner, like, teaching you how to say stuff. So mm-hmm. it is fun because by the end, the audience does, like, they're understanding what you're saying, yeah. even though you're not speaking. Yeah. Real language. Like, there's the moment where he's teaching me right, left, up, and down. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so he teaches me right, ged, and then left was idon, up was rock, and then down was enro. 
And so when you start doing it faster, we were going, get it on, rock and roll, and it's get it on, rock and roll. And so it was like a whole thing. It was like, yeah. yeah, so like things would come together yes. like that. so clever. It was, yeah, that playwright is amazing. Yes. Um, I don't yes. know any of his other work, but mad, <laughs> I love Mad props for that. Love all in the timing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think also that was the kind of the first time I got to play, well, comedy, but also there's a little bit of drama because it is kind of a love story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first time I'd ever been in like a love story scene, and it yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you were the first one to have to. I, was I like, think I so. Have no tips yeah. for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I only had to kiss him on the cheek, which one director wanted it to be an actual kiss, but our other director was like, "Nah, we're we're <laughs> not doing that to high schoolers because that's just asking for trouble." Yeah, on or off stage or whatever. So I kissed him on the cheek, and it was still a pretty like you know I shipped the characters like they were yes. they were very sweet. I together. did too. Yeah, so that was kind of fun to to be in a in a love story. Good times. And I wore my Laura Ingalls dress again. <laughs> yes, shout out to the Laura Ingalls dress. <laughs> it's a it's a it's multi purpose. Yeah, I think I have it still in my costume box. I don't think it fits me, but I have it just in case I ever need to. You never know. Pull it out again. <laughs> And then I think other than that, other than that in our senior year, um, the only other maybe one of note we should mention is that we did, we're part of a student show where we co-directed. We directed two scenes together. Um, it was like two 10-minute plays. Yeah. Yeah. Which Because I was too much of a weenie <laughs> to direct it solo. Because I feel like the couple people I can remember who were directors, I, I don't know how you like... Did that, was it the, like, upper level, like, you've taken the acting yeah. classes, and so you kind of had to do it, and mm-hmm. then the starter people were, like, the people in our shows? Yeah. And so, so we were but I don't like being in charge of things, yeah. especially, like, creatively like that, because I never even, I still have never even been a stage manager. Like, I probably should have been at some point, but, like, <laughs> it just doesn't interest me, and, like, telling people what to do doesn't really, mm-hmm. and so I was, like, so nervous to have to direct people yeah. and then, like, be in charge, because I also don't know, I felt like I didn't know enough about lights about blocking mm. to have all of that fall onto me of yeah. like your blocking sucks and it's like <laughs> well that's 100 percent on me and so i convinced our director to let me co-direct with <laughs> addy but then i remember he was like well then you guys two. have to do two because you each still were supposed to do one yeah so we had double the work mm-hmm. but but double the fun <laughs> double the fun that was a lot of fun double the fun and double the flavor also, it was also a little intimidating just because these were all students our own age so it was also like it wasn't like we were directing kids who would take us seriously it was like they did know we had a lot of theater experience but they were like also this is not life or death these are two girls teenage girls yeah what are they gonna do to me if i get this line wrong <laughs> so yeah um i but, remember i did have to yell at somebody though I vaguely remember. I got mad at somebody for some something. Something. And I was like, I'm going to have to be the bad cop right now. (laughs) But I do also, a lot of these people were double cast. Because it was one drama class. They would double cast another stuff. And so that was hard. Because we also had to arrange with the other student directors. I think there was four of us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To make sure that we didn't cast people back to back if we could avoid it. Yeah. We also had a limited number of guys, which is also always a problem in young theater. Yeah. Maybe in community theater as well. But yeah, it went well. I remember we painted really cool backgrounds. Yes. Because we had the dating game and then we had something else. I literally don't remember what the other one was. <laughs> I don't really either. I, we just picked these random scenes to do. I think he just had a book of scenes. Yeah. It was like, find something in here you want to direct. And we were like, cool. We did. But they were, f- I do remember they were both funny ones. We yeah. didn't try for anything too dramatic. But yeah, it went, it was fun. And it was very strange to like sit in the audience when there's an audience and you've directed yeah. and you're, you're there and you're like, they're you're like hyper aware. Of yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, are they doing this right? No, they did it wrong. Oh no. And then that was, that was fun. But you're also, and you're also like at the back and it's like some people who are in the audience know 
that you've directed and so they know who you are and so I'm like I, I wanted to sit in the back so they wouldn't look at us. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it was it was a lot of fun though. And it did make me kinda wanna like direct more. Cause I think like I said, I mean I don't think we're necessarily directors who would yell, but we did have to become authoritative. But I I don't know, I just think it's a lot of fun directing like minded collaborative theater people. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. It was cool to have that experience for sure. Yeah. But I think yeah, that kinda wraps up our high school theater and our middle school theater. We already talked about that. Um, we have yet to touch upon undergrad and post-undergrad theater experiences. Mm -hmm. So if you are still interested in all of our theater stories, part two is also up right now. So head on over there, check it out, hear more about our shenanigans. Yeah, more recent shenanigans. More recent shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah, that's our jam for this part one. Thank you for listening.